Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello and welcome to Off the Beaten Track Podcast. I'm your host, Stu Whiffin. I hope you're all doing very well today. It's another week, so it's another episode. And today's episode. He's with the very nice Daniel P. Carter, the Radio 1 rock show DJ, musician, podcaster, uh, and absolute gent. And Dan come over uh, to my home, and we sat and had, had a good old chat. It was one of them ones that we had a, we took a break in the middle of it, and we had a big old chat there, and then when we finished, we carried on chatting. So um, probably if we would have left it recording, would have had, About four episodes worth, but I guess if that's happening, that's a good thing, right? There's a connection there, and so the conversation's flowing, the guests relaxed, and and everybody's happy. And so hopefully, all of that will will come across um, throughout the duration of this podcast for you lot. Before we get on with it, um, I just want to thank the Distraction Pieces Network for putting this out. I would like to thank Mr. 76 for producing this. And my name is Ad for doing the artwork. Also, I'm going to do a shout out now because, well, firstly, if you like this podcast and you're interested in um, hearing me speak to other creative people, whether they be musicians, producers, DJs, actors, then then go and have a look in the back catalogue because there's there's a big bundle of stuff there to go and have a, a sort through and see if there's anything there that takes your fancy. I mean, the best thing to do is, if you can, is go and subscribe, and then it just pops up in your listening device each week. Um, And while you're over there subscribing, leave a comment. You haven't necessarily got to say all the nice things. If there's things that you're not overly fussed with about the podcast, then let us know, because um, unless you tell me, I can't do anything about it. However, the me saying er and like a lot can't really help that. That just comes from a little bit of nerves. Anyway... Just another quick one before we get on with it. Pod Bible. Pod Bible's a new magazine. It's the essential guide to podcasting. You can read it digitally on www.podbiblemag.com or if you're in and around London, try and pick up a free copy. And it's the one-stop shop for all your podcast needs. So go and have a little look. Edition 1, lovely interviews with Adam Buxton, Craig Parkinson, and so much more in there. So... Go and give that a little look. We're on all the social medias um, for Pod Bible as well. I think I'm done. Should I let you get on with the podcast? Why not? Please enjoy Off the Beat and Track podcast with the wonderful Mr. Dan P. Carter. I've got an announcement. 
Save Our Souls Clothing, www.sosclothing.co.uk. Why am I telling you this? Because they're our official sponsor. Yeah, that's right. Go and check them out because their clothing is off the scale. You're going to love it. So they've decided they want to be our sponsor, which is amazing. And what I have to do is I have to tell you about why they're amazing. So here's a little bit of blurb. So they've only been going a year. And they're based in South End on Sea, just up the road from me. They put the company together based on a, a love of tattoos and alternative music. And they've worked with some of the greatest artists around the world to produce these items of clothing that are as unique as you lot. All of the designs are printed using biodegradable, sustainable and water-based inks. In addition to that, they only print on garments made by members of Fairware Foundation. I mean, come on, great clothing and a conscience. Since going live in April last year, they've seen their audience grow massively and are now selling orders all across the world. And they were recognised by Cosmopolitan magazine as one of the best sustainable clothing brands alongside names such as Stella McCartney. I mean, that's quite a first year, right? So, go and check them out because they've put a lot of love into supporting this podcast and I couldn't be happier. What else they've done is they've given you 15% off. So if you head over to www.sosclothing.co.uk, do a bit of shopping, see what you like, throw it in the basket, and then on the way out, put in the discount code BEAT15, B-E-A-T-1-5, and that'll save you 15% off. Amazing, right? www.sosclothing.co.uk official sponsors of Off The Beat and Track podcast. Let's get back to that podcast. It's Off The Beat and Track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whipping. To um, Vegas to do a thing with Blink-182. Right. And I sat there. I mean, that's the most big shot way I've ever started a podcast. Right, I wasn't trying to be Billy, <laughs> but I was just watching you press that, like checking that it was recorded, and uh, and I looked down at it halfway through, and I just see it flashing red. Fuck, you know, no. like so it's like that means it's that for anyone that doesn't have one of these things, it means it's like ready to record, yeah, but not yet recording, and I just sort of like leant over and just went click. <laughs> no, and yeah. how long have you been going? Uh, probably about eight minutes. But in that time, we'd already got stuck into some good stuff. Oh, mate. Like, oh. <laughs> Yikes. Well, the re- well first of all, uh, today's guest is, uh, is Daniel P. Carter. Hello. Um, thanks for coming around, Dan. Um, so I've got two recorders on the table here. Because you're a professional and you're making sure that both of them are actually recording. I wouldn't say it's professional. It's, it's because I'm basically an idiot and I need to have two chances at this. Um, and it, <laughs> um, so far I've not missed one. However, when we had Huey on the hardcore listing podcast, yeah. he, Huey Morgan, he kicked off his, um, podcast with an interview with Ricky Gervais. Yeah. I mean, that's a big guest to start your, your yeah. podcast with. Yeah. And apparently Ricky went right in like, and spoke like he had never spoke before. And then Huey got home, oh. and it weren't there. 
that's the worst. <laughs> that's horrible, isn't it? I have done that once before, and um, yeah, I thought I'd learnt my lesson, but yeah, clearly not. Yeah, it does happen. It mm. does happen. Right, well, Dan, you've done the thing that um, I quite like because it means that you've you've given a shit about this, and uh, or it means I'm an indecisive prick. Fifty-fifty, I'll, I'll say. <laughs> Um, but you've done that, that thing of like literally five minutes before you got in, my phone rang and I was like, all right, yeah, I, w- I want to change some. And it's like, okay. But all the ones that you've sort of switched, you can get some honourable mentions in because looking okay, at the good. songs you've selected, Dan, they're, they're, they all warrant some chat. Yeah. So, uh, all right, for sure. All right. Well, look, I will apologise now for anyone that doesn't like rock or metal because this is going to be a real dull one for you. Selling it. Um, Naturally. Check that. Um, well, apart from maybe two. All right, that's not true. Yeah, okay. there's an honourable mention and there's one. But um, right. yeah, if you are a fan of rock and metal, turn off now, guys. Um, <laughs> go, go and listen to Swim, Dan's podcast. Yeah. Um, right, the song with the greatest intro, Dan. Well, initially, I put one and then had two honourable mentions, I think. Correct. I initially put Battery by Metallica. Mm-hmm. Because straight off, straight off the bat, pardon the pun. Like when I thought about it, that was the first thing that came to mind, because it's just untouchable. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm a huge Metallica fan, and have been since I was a little kid, and um, and I remember by that point I'd already heard like the first two records, but when Master Puppets came out. It was it was Which a life was, changer. What was that? Eighty seven. I think it was eighty seven. Yeah. yeah. It's funny, like, and I don't want this. Can I do a disclaimer now as well? Because I don't want anyone to think that I'm being like, oh, when I was interviewing, blah blah blah, yeah, and being yeah. a knobhead about it. Like that's just what I do for my job. Yeah. Or, or for Radio One. So. Yeah. Anyway, first time I got to interview Metallica, I, like it was a big thing because it wasn't just like five minutes where where Lars came in and, and was Lars and his which is a, a beautiful thing to behold mm-hmm. it was like fly to Switzerland interview each member of the band for like half an hour 40 minutes for like a big Metallica special on Radio 1 right and the guy that was overseeing it producing it this guy Joe he was a massive Metallica fan as well but didn't do anything to do with rock really within Radio 1 but he I he was quite high up, but I think he swung it so that it was like he had to be the guy that came out and oversee it all. Yeah. Which fair play. Um, so, yeah, James Hetfield was... When, when was this, then? Uh, this was probably, I don't know, must be about eight years ago now. Right. I think it might have been... Uh, I don't know. I can't remember. What, it must have been around... Death Magnetic, but I, I say eight years ago, it probably wasn't that yeah. terrible with time as a concept. Um, anyway, so he, James Hetfield comes in, and I instantly start sweating, and um, and we and he gets comfy and he gets mic'd up and that, and um, and I just went, I'll be really honest with you, man, I'm super nervous, and he went, why? Because obviously, like he's like, well, this is your job. Why are you nervous? Mm. And I went, because Master of Puppets changed my life. He went, mine too, let's get on with it. <laughs> I was like, amazing. <laughs> Not quite in the same way, but yeah, fair play. Um, Great answer. Yeah. And, and it was funny as well. The other thing about that was I'd never watched Some Kind of Monster. Right. Because I didn't want to, like, I knew that it would just, 
it would like taint my opinion of Metallica because I just you know when when you're so when you hold a band in such high esteem you don't want to see them being dickheads if you can help it you're talking to a Smiths fan who's trying oh, to understand mate. Morrissey oh god <laughs> yeah I, yeah I, I feel a bit of that as well to be fair that's, do you know what I mean it's like it's a that band is, that you adore that is a mind blower and then you start it? thinking oh please stop talking stop yeah. spoiling everything like but do you think he's doing it to, for that I had a really I'll tell you in a minute I had a really good story about that alright okay a mate of mine I was speaking to recently anyways um oh, I forgot what I was saying so now. did the oh, rest yeah, of the band so, were, were they like because he, they're all wicked yeah. they're all of them like um, Rob is like a total total surfer like yeah you know the chillest guy actually Kirk is as well yeah but he seems kind of a bit a bit of a stoner really but yeah. I don't know that he is he's just like just like a bit distant. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lars is Lars Ulrich. Yeah. Like 24-7. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He is that guy that everyone yeah. sees. That that just seems to be how he is all the time. Yeah. But, um, yeah, you don't want to see him being dickheads, do you? Yeah. So I, I hadn't watched that film. And then, I, <laughs> and then I was like, I can't go out and do an interview with this band and not, not know what's in that fuck film. off you watched that before you went I, I watched it the night before <laughs> flying over which I, I don't know if that was a good idea oh and then, dear um, and I told him that like while we're talking he said something about that and I laughed and then I said yeah I, I watched I only watched the film last night and he went why and I went because because I didn't want it to spoil the way I viewed your band yeah and it, he kind of laughed and looked at me and he was like well did it and I went no it just made me think of being in my band it was exactly yeah. the same yeah and he was like why did the drummer scream fuck off in your face i was like yeah a few times yeah and he was like oh okay and then um and then we carried on doing the thing and then we finished and then we're getting... still james yeah? Yeah, yeah 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 and then and then we're, we're getting some photos at the end for the for the site and um and i'm stood there and he's got his arm around my shoulder and he goes what was your band called i went oh you wouldn't have heard of it it was just a band from from the uk and he was like what was it called I went, it was just called A, just the letter A. And he went, oh, right, with the fire on the logo. And I was just like, no! <laughs> you know my band. I blew my mind. And I phoned Jason and everyone yeah. else. Like, literally, I got out of the room. I was like, fucking hell. <laughs> yeah, it blew my mind. It was pretty sick. Oh, um, that's gold. But yeah, so anyway, that was a long way to getting around to a song which I haven't even picked as my favourite That's intro. the best reason for an honourable mention ever. Yeah. Like, I, lo I love that band so much. And the intro to that song is just untouchable. Mm. Amazing. And then the other ones I put, I think, were Kate Bush, Waking the Witch, mm -hmm. just because um, Hounds of Love is one of my favourite albums ever. It's a bit special, that. Yeah, it's incredible. And the Ninth Wave, like the B-side of that. Do you know the whole story of that? No. So the B-side of Hounds of Love is called the Ninth, Wa Ninth Wave. And that's a whole like mini concept album about a woman that is shipwrecked or like or her boat sinks or or there's a plane crash you don't really know it's a bit vague and she's just floating in the water with a life jacket on and then the whole of that album is is the things that happen to her and the things she thinks about while she is in that situation did not know that yeah it's mind blowing and then so waking the witch is um the whole, I guess, the the sort of there's so many like sub layers to everything that she does anyway because she's amazing. But um, waking the witch is like she's kind of 
like the it's she's passed out or or it's, she's gone to sleep she's like half dead in the water and it's freezing cold and she starts to wake up and she can hear all these voices from her past and her future mm -hmm. talking to her telling her she's got to wake up and there's like i think robbie coltrane is one of the people and there's like loads of people that worked on the album and a couple of other ac um, actors and actresses like british actors and stuff are different are the different voices that are saying you, you must wake up and all right and then um and then uh and then it goes into the song, and the whole song is because it's called "Waking the Witch." It sounds like a, it's like a woman at a witch trial with an in, like an, a guy from the Inquisition screaming at her, and and she is she is as if she's being dunked. You know, they used yeah, to dunk yeah, witches. Yeah. You know, when they used to dunk witches, yeah. <laughs> like like rich teas. <laughs> but um, and so it's all about that. And there's like bits where the the music and 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 she's singing, and it goes. Like, there's an effect on her voice as it's yeah. if she's trying to speak underwater. It's ace. McVitie should do a Halloween. <laughs> they should do a, a witch tea. A witch tea oh, at Halloween. Oh, my God. Just dunk them. <laughs> right, make the call. <laughs> make the call. Can oh. you imagine the outrage from the Wicca community? <laughs> we thought we left this behind 400 years ago. <laughs> There's oh one more God. honorable mention. Dan. Oh yeah, um, Beastie Boys, wasn't it? Yeah. What you want? Yeah. So great. And do you know what? I can't hear that because that 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 leaves the best bit. Yeah. But then I can't hear the bit where it drops. Yeah. When it just comes straight in with a vocal and the beat, without picturing them all the video. jumping that oh, video. Mate. Exactly. Like, exactly. It's yeah. so weird, isn't it? Like how certain certain like songs are so imprinted with the visuals. Yeah. And it and you know that video's like it must have been so cheap to make, yeah. But it's so perfect. Yeah, it fit. You know, it's Beastie Boys, isn't it? Coolest band ever. Yeah, I think right. you're probably right. Yeah, and do and you know what? And it's weird because did you go to the book launch? No, I didn't. <sighs> I, didn't. I had a ticket and I didn't go. Really? I think I think was, Jason was, went, didn't he? Yeah. And and I, I've, the the book's just one of the greatest things you can own. Yeah, it's, it's just amazing. beautiful. But. There was there was a gig happening, and I said I'd go to that, and I went. And then everybody that I know that went would post stuff on their social media, and yeah. I was just like, "Oh, yeah, I've made a terrible error." I presumed it'd <laughs> just be the two of them sitting there chatting, but it just looked so much more, didn't yeah. it? Like, Do you hear about the end, the bit where um, Ad Rock was reading the bit about Yauk at the end, right. I think, and um, and he just came and sat at the front of the stage. This is allegedly, this is what I've been told happened. And um, Mike was kind of in the wings, like stood out looking at him. And he was sat on there and he started reading some stuff from the book. And he, and he started choking up and he couldn't read it. And apparently there was a guy sat in the front row, just like put his arm out to like put his hand on him to, to say. It's all right. Yeah. And, and that made it worse. Oh, really? <laughs> so the guy got up and sat on the stage with him put his arm around Ad Rock and took the book and he started reading it. Man. It's, mate, it's giving me goosebumps just thinking oh, about it. Oh, beautiful moment. Yeah. But rumour is there'll be more of it. Oh, I, I hope so. Mm. I really yeah, do. Yeah, I was, I was proper bummed. But yeah, it's, you know, that was such a great period. Well, it was weird because I'm not going to say, like, because, how old, do you mind me asking how old you are, Dan? 46. Right. 
So I'm 45. So for us, license to ill was a big thing, right? Because yeah. that dropped when we yeah. was early teens and it was the yeah. most raucous thing. And it was everywhere. Completely. Just like national newspapers. Yeah. Front page news. At Everybody this. robbing. Yeah, V-Dub like, <laughs> So bad, isn't it? And, uh, <laughs> You'd be so gutted now when you, yeah. you think about it, like when you're kids and you like be at, go out with a screwdriver and you'd be like just trying to prise yeah. it off the front of someone's car. I'd be like, you little prick, if I saw someone down. <laughs> <You know. laughs> but the thing is, I'm, I, 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 I've said before, I think, on one of the episodes that when sort of people say, oh, like, you know, Bowie died, Prince died, and I love all these bands. Hmm. But when he died, I just thought, man, that guy yeah. was a soundtrack my life as a DJ as well. Yeah. Whatever the Beasties have put out, I have played. I'm, I'm not going to try and say that I was into Paul's Boutique when it came out. It passed me by. I, yeah. I, you know, License to Ill was massive. I didn't hear Paul's Boutique until... Check, check your head, head. yeah, like, and and then you know everyone's like, "Have you heard this?" And and then you know, it's, everyone goes back at that point. But I just think no band has just continued to just be whatever they do was just brilliant and fucking cool. Yeah, like, super cool, really funny, really deep at times yeah. with the stuff that that Yao, yeah, when he super, really got into Buddhism yeah. and and the plight in Tibet, yeah. Uh, yeah, just um, and like because of Spike Jones as well, yeah. like the, their videos, just yeah. just pure iconic. Yeah, that was the band that you wanted to hang out with all the time, wasn't yeah. it? It was like they looked just. Fu- I mean, I know for a fact that me and my mates and most of the people that were coming to my clubs at the time wanted to look like what the Beastie Boys yeah, looked like. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. they just looked. Well, the shit, X Large didn't they? was massive, wasn't it? Yeah, I remember the first time um, a my old band went to New York we went to the X-Large store and and I'm sure we were walking around shopping and Mike went past on a longboard and we were just like this is the coolest thing you could ever <laughs> yeah. like do you know what I mean yeah like like when I because when you've grown up in a little village outside yeah. outside of a town outside of a bigger town outside yeah. of a city in, in the UK in the middle of nowhere like to to then to, to have that happen yeah. is just like... worldly, isn't it? It is. And yeah. it was like when, when I recorded in Seattle, going out in an evening and seeing Mark Arm from Mudhoney coming out of a bar and just losing my shit. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Which is really not very cool to do. Yeah. It's not a cool thing to do, is it? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, well, but, yeah. Anyway, so yeah. What's, I mean, what I, 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 think, <laughs> I think... I mean, we're doing well. We're 17 minutes in and we haven't even said track one yet. So that's good. Wow. So the conversation's Sorry. flowing nicely, which I like. Um, now, Beasties are arguably the coolest band ever. However, the front man of your band that you have chosen, uh, he's up there. Oh, he is probably one of the coolest people on earth. Yeah, yeah. So I'll let so, you introduce So the track. last minute change on the way over here... and. And I can't believe it actually took me that long mm. to, to, to do this. Um, was Jane's Addiction, Three Days, which mm. I think is one of the greatest pieces of rock music yeah. ever recorded. Yeah. It's just perfect. Yeah. And the intro when he's just talking before any of the music really starts and it's just like this weird ambient noise. And you just, you know, they recorded that record like two or 
I think twice, maybe even some of it three times because okay. they were all in such a mess at different points. Yeah. But what a record, yeah. do you know what I mean? To, to go through all the things that they were going through, they were like, all of them were really fucked up on drugs. Perry especially, like Perry Farrell, mm. like you said, he's one of the coolest men. And um, it, they, were, they were just mind-blowing for me, yeah. that band. Just everything about them, like the way they dressed. I mean, I'm, I remember like going, oh, you can wear like women's leggings and, and, and shorts and massive boots and have dreads and, and that's cool yeah and that's yeah. cool is it yeah <laughs> do you know what I mean just some of the stuff that I used to wear now I look back on and go woof wow but they, it was but it was because and James was, didn't sound like anyone then no they didn't there was bits of everything and I remember when uh there was a VHS that I had of theirs called maybe it was called The Gift right yep was it called The Gift it was yeah it was and um and there's one bit where Perry's talking um, and I think somebody had asked him to describe what his band sounded like. And he said, we sound like a cross between Bad Brains and Duke Ellington. And I was just like, yes, this is so, yeah, yeah I, this, I'm all about this. And yeah. the thing was, I'd had, I think, I don't know if I'd had, I think I'd already, I think I found them because I'd had a bit of an, a super early Red Hot Chili Peppers phase. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I was obsessed with Flea, and that was just as I was starting to play the bass. And they got lumped in with that early scene of Fishbone yeah. and and Jane's and which all, was, all of them bands. Which Primus, was a, like, yeah, all that was an amazing scene because mm. all all those bands got lumped together, and none of yeah. them sounded like each other. Yeah, it's just that there would be a little bit of like there'd be some like slap bass. Mm. Pretty but much it, was the, yeah. the the theme really, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, and and I think. And I think that's that was why all those bands got lumped together, really, because mm. James wasn't funk. It it did have funk in it, yeah, like proper funk. Yeah, psychedelic as fuck, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, just so trippy, and um, just so was just that nothing shocking art. era, or, yeah. or was that ritual? Um, nothing shocking was yeah. the one. That, no, yeah, nothing shocking was. Oh, was it? I think my mate Martin actually got the the first record. Yeah. Um. Half of it's live, yeah, and it had like pigs in Zen and whores yeah, yeah, on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And I remember him getting that, and and it blowing my mind. And we had like you know it's like at school where each each person was probably only able to buy one album a week if you yeah. were lucky. And uh, so and we all started getting. There was like a group of about seven of us that were like the scumbags at school that would like just hang around the music room in lunchtime mm. and and. Uh, Nerds, essentially. Yeah. Cool nerds. Yeah, you were dressing up. We like to think we were cool. Come on, with me, mate. We were the nerds. Um, But, um, so everyone was buying all these albums, and I I remember buying, uh, I bought America Eats It's Young, which is, that's Parliament, isn't it? Or I always get Parliament and Funkadelic Funkadelic. mixed up I think it's Parliament. Yeah. And uh, and I, I had America Eats It's Young, and truth and soul like a couple of weeks later by fishbone and then one of my mates bought eye against eye by bad brains and he was like oh this doesn't really sound like funk like i'm not really into it mm. and i was like i am all about this so i swapped it for the for that um america eats it's young and that was that bad brains is the best but um that whole era so many incredible bands yeah and and each one of them 
just so distinctive and super influential. Jane's Addiction is like their influence has been so massive, yeah, and, and uh, like well beyond what would be considered to be like rock or metal, yeah. I guess, because people like Jeff Buckley, like yeah. Grace, is super influenced yeah, by Jane's, yeah. yeah. And and you can really hear it as well in in that record. I mean, obviously he was into a ton of different stuff, but he was super into yeah. Jane's Addiction. And um, so yeah. did you see him back in the day? Yeah, you did. Yeah, nice. yeah. Like um, I don't even know when when it was that I first saw him, but yeah, I was I was going up to shows from, I guess from about maybe fourteen, fifteen, mm. maybe. Because I'm sure my I mate had a VHS know, of them at the. It might even have been not the Rock Garden. Where was it? It was a tiny venue in London, and uh, and we literally rinsed this VHS of one of the first times that James must have come over here. And yeah, oh, it was amazing. Yeah, they toured with Wonder Stuff, didn't they? Really? Yeah, yeah. Weird. I think I'm sure that was here, or was that in? Yeah, they did. They toured together because Miles. I think it was. I think that might yeah like the first Jane shows were like quite weird pairings they they played with people like um Wonder Stuff Fields of Nephilim I think they played with as right. well and it was just like cuz it but where, who would you put them on with yeah do yeah. you know what I mean yeah it's true isn't it stick them on with a load of other people with dreads and shorts see how they get on yeah <laughs> yeah but um three, so, three oh, days is just oh, that's a monster record mate yeah, that ritual, the whole record's amazing. And I, the reason I, was, I hadn't put that was because one of the other later ones, I chose a Jane's track off the same album, yeah. which I've now changed. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. But someone else um, has sent me their list over um, for a future one. And for the greatest interest, someone's put stop. Oh, really? And which yeah. is the opening track of Ritual, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And, and it's just, I don't know who it is saying, if it's Perry's girlfriend at the time or, or not. It's that voice, isn't it? Like, yeah. And uh, addiction, and then that guitar drop. Senoras de Senoras. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Absolutely amazing. Yeah, that's so great. Hello. I've interrupted the podcast again, haven't I? Sorry, it won't take a sec. All I want to say is the songs that we're talking about in this podcast, if we can't play them, it's just because of the regulations regarding playing licensed music and such. So. If you want to hear the songs, just go over to Spotify and search Off The Beat and Track Podcast and you can listen to all the songs because I've put playlists up for each of these. If you can't find it on there, I'll send links on all the social media accompanying each episode. So you've just got to press that one button and you can go through and you can enjoy all the songs that our guest picks. Anyway, I'll shut up, get back to the podcast. See you on the other side. I saw them, I saw them, um, I never got to see them back in the day, but probably maybe five, six years ago, they come over and play Ritual. Yeah. And uh, at Brixton, I think it was. Yeah. And did you go to that? Uh, I di- yes. No, I didn't go to that. I saw them, they did a show in like a weird club around the back of, um, so you know where, um, so you know the back of Covent Garden, yeah. like at the end of Shaftesbury Avenue. Yeah. There's a little club round the back of there somewhere, and they did a they did a like a it's like a weird nightclub, but they played in there, and um. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Yeah, I don't even know what it was for, but I remember just going and, and um and I was with Zane and it just and it was just like so perfect and I think I might have been a little emotional. <laughs> it was pretty special. <laughs> but um I, I heard I heard a little something about Jane's um my mate's band, I won't say who, but um played with Jane's um recently, like more recent gigs. Yeah. And uh he too he's a massive fan and he said he had a moment when he walked past their dressing room and um and a makeup artist was um shading in uh Navara's six pack to accentuate it. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So good. Yeah. Do you know what? That's perfect, I can't hate yeah. him for that because I knew he'd do that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah. just brilliant. I remember when they played Download a couple of years ago, they were on the second stage and I was there with my mate Adrian and he had his daughter with him. And uh, Darcy at that point was probably, she must have been 11. Yeah. And, and there was me and my missus and our daughter and our daughter was 10. And we're at the side of the stage. M- me and my wife, huge Jane's Addiction fans. A- my mate Adrian, massive Jane's Addiction fan. And the two girls just looking bemused. Yeah. Like, bunch of old guys, What's, what is yeah. this about? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. This is not Charlie XCX. No. And um, <laughs> and then halfway through the set, I see these girls arrive on the side of the stage in like just lingerie and boots, and um and like my missus gives me like an elbow in the ribs as if to say, "What's going on there?" Yeah. And I was like, it's "James Addiction, isn't it?" Of course, it's it is. the way it's you know. So I mean, they started Lollapalooza, or yeah. Perry did. It's you know, it's all about theatre. Yeah. And, all that kind of vibe and burlesque and whatnot, and then uh, and then they came out and um and a guy put a hook, the hooks they had hooks already through their back and they lowered like a harness and he clipped them in and they did a suspension while they were playing and they started swinging them out over the photography pit. Wow! And um 
and I was just stood there and like I'm like this is amazing this is so yeah so so as you'd expect yeah. for them yeah 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 but I'm there as well like with a 10 year old daughter going a few questions dad yeah <laughs> should, should they be seeing I don't know like do you know what I mean it's a bit weird like it's it's one thing to look at it from a distance or yeah. on the telly or whatever but right in front of them yeah. and then they got lowered down and then and then went and stood like because we were kind of the other side of where the monitor desk was on the other side of the stage and they just stood there in front of us and um and you could see like small rivulets of blood going yeah. down their back and and their asses ranging out yeah and, do you know what i mean it yeah, was yeah, like yeah it was it was a pretty strong look and i'm stood there thinking oh, what do i do do i like do i do i say to adrian like maybe we should take the girls over to the other side of the stage and then i look round, and his daughter's like slow motion gets her phone out of her pocket <laughs> and it's just like snap it away because I know that she's going to get to school and be like you're never going to believe this I've seen some <laughs> shit this weekend <laughs> I have seen things <laughs> oh yeah. brilliant yeah alright Dan track two <laughs> sorry that was a long wow that's amazing we're only at two aren't we uh, the first song that you remember hearing oh. had an emotional impact on you uh I'd see, this is a, always a bit of a vague one mm-hmm. because I remember mum and dad had a lot of albums, some of which weren't great. Mm. But then there was a lot of really good stuff as well. Like, um, so they play music a lot at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My mum was super into um, Dr. Hook mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So they would always be playing that kind of stuff when, when we'd be driving about. My dad was really into like sort of not really legit country well he liked country mm. like he liked a bit of Johnny Cash and Charlie Rich and that kind yeah. of stuff but not like yeah kind of spitting sawdust ass kicking yeah 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 of course country um so there was there was always stuff like that and like um mamas and papas and seekers and all that kind of old stuff and I remember nicking my mum and dad's copy of, and they were big into Elvis as well, but I remember nicking my mum and dad's copy of Sergeant Pepper, which I've still got, and, um, and that just blowing my mind, like as a kid, like properly mind-blowing. Um, and also a couple of Elvis tracks as well, like in the ghetto. Mm. It's just undeniable, isn't it? It's, yeah. Um, it's but, a strange-sounding record in the ghetto. Yeah, yeah. It's a great record. Yeah, it's weird because at that point, I think for me, Elvis had always been like, you know, like in in the holidays when there'd be an Elvis movie yeah. on, and then you'd hear like that or Suspicious Minds, and and you you'd be like, this is this is properly powerful, yeah, powerful stuff. And my brother was a bit of a wronging as well, so in the ghetto, like had a. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Had that connection to it as well. I think as a kid. So, so where, 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 where was this? Where was you at this point? Where did I live? Where yeah. I grew up? I grew up um, in a little village outside of a town called Wokenham, which is outside of Reading. Right. Okay. So yeah, I guess that really, if I, th- I was to think about it, it would be those kind of things. Mm. But but I guess the thing that kind of started me off on where I am now probably would say had the biggest impact in a sense of like change my life like the direction of my life mm. and that would be um highway to hell by acdc and that was because my eldest brother who wasn't a wrong 
love both of them and, and I, I you know mm-hmm. I'm not there's no picking of yeah <laughs> my favourite brother there's yeah. none of that because I just said one of them was wrong and the other one wasn't uh, so one of them my eldest brother was in the navy and uh, <laughs> he would come back off leave and he had a massive box of cassettes yeah and I remember going through them and finding these albums and just being like what is this yeah and Highway to Hell was one of them because I remember just taking it out and looking at the cover and seeing Angus and just being like, why? Yeah. What? How old do you think you were, Sam? Oh, I don't know, man. Super young. I guess... I don't know. Nine, maybe? Okay. So you said... I it, guess. I, I asked you for the song that affected you emotionally. So emotionally, how when you heard it? Like, did it... It just... I, I just remember... It, when when you first hear something and it and it just suddenly rings true and this is you, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 of course. So I think it was that. I mean, like I said about the other stuff and and those records were all incredible. Mm. Um, and they they moved me. I think that because that was the one where I suddenly went this this is this is what I'm going to be into. Yeah. This is my music. So, yeah, I remember going through that and finding that. He had the first Iron Maiden album as well. Um, he had Motorhead and then a bunch of like, horrible prog things as yeah. well. But he, I, I was quite lucky because I've got um, two older brothers and an elder sister, and they were all into music. Um, so, there'd be every, I'd, like, I was, aside from the stuff my parents listened to, there'd be like, Adam and Yance, yeah. or Blondie, or Iron Maiden, yeah. or I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I was quite lucky in that sense, I think, because when they were all going through their phases of finding out what their music yeah. was going to be... You could go in and go for the record yeah, boxes. Because, yeah, I, I would be subjected to it whether I liked yeah. it or not. No? It's, it's really weird. Like j- Just through you know the, the, the amount of episodes of this I've, I've done so far, when I talk about this, the amount of people... Who's who, who will reference the fact that so much of their early stuff come from crate digging in their older brothers' or sisters' bedrooms, yeah. and, and those that didn't have older... <laughs> it wasn't just music either. Like, <laughs> yeah. But, like, <laughs> but like other people that you know didn't have them older brothers and sisters, like, you know, it was like they found it in completely different ways. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So it was... Uh, yeah. I think that... You're, you're always going to, like gravitate towards people like when you're at school you're going to find the people that and like I said earlier there was a group of us that were all into certain yeah. things and the same kind of music and and a couple of them had our older brothers so there was there was a massive eclectic thing there as well so you'll find your way but I think having older siblings or older cousins like I, I do a similar thing on my show mm-hmm. um, kind of similar to this I guess and one of the things is about like early memories of, of first albums that really influenced them. And, and a lot of them will say it would be older brothers and sisters or like cool cousins or a really cool aunt or yeah. uncle. And, um, you know, that's just music, isn't it? Yeah. You, you just, it just, it, it finds, well, why, yeah. yeah and, and it will find its way to you and the music that will then yeah. be your music for life yeah, or the starting point anyway. Well, you just mentioned school, so let's 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 stay there. So for track three, Dan, I ask you the song that reminds you of your time at school. 
this could be anything. This could like anything we've spoken about so far, okay. I guess. But um, there's some weird ones because I remember when I when I first started getting into like metal, I guess secondary school. We're talking now, yeah. Yeah, no, probably like no, probably junior school with okay. with stuff like ACDC and that. But um, there was a bunch of my mates. It was when electro got massive as well. So all like, you know, like Boogie Down Bronx and Roxanne Shante and mm-hmm. all those like electro compilations mm-hmm. became really massive. And I was super into those um, as well. But they looked great, didn't they? They just like, it was just um, an amazing thing. Like that, there was just different times where there would be music that would like that and like acid jazz as well. I had a couple of mates off the back of everyone getting into like funk metal mm. started going off into that. And how it would be these compilations that would all have a uniform look about. Yeah. Them. And that just like, there's, here's all your things you like. Yeah. Right here. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like the, the, the visual aesthetic, all the artists mm. is amazing. And I like, yeah, you're right. Those, those records look brilliant. Mm. Um, so I was really into that, but then I had, while I while I was going off on, on the the more sort of guitar based stuff, I had a couple of other mates that went off the back of electro, then started getting into hip hop, and and I remember it's a weird one that that this makes me think of my childhood, and it's only like recently that I started thinking about it again because there was I saw there was a load of hip hop like heads arguing online about how our hip hop, old hip hop beats new hip-hop hands down mm-hmm. which you know that's a whole other conversation but it also I mean, it's f- not a competition is it no and it, <laughs> and it also feels a bit like you know you're obviously going to hold things from back in the day of when course. you when they first really resonated with you mm. you're going to look at those things as always being better of what comes of after it always yeah symbolic to your, your life yeah. isn't it? And, and people will go well you can't compare like biggie and Lil Pump. Hmm. And, but if you played Biggie to a lot of kids now, they probably wouldn't get it. Yeah. They, they, it just wouldn't do anything yeah. for them because that's old hip-hop. Yeah. And it's, it's almost like me getting into like Iron Maiden when I'm a kid and, and someone going, oh, that's good, but have you listened to Glenn Miller? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's like, all right, yeah, I did listen to a little bit yeah. of Glenn Miller as well. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? Yeah. So... Um, and it and it started making me think about that, and then I started thinking back to, um, like stuff when I was growing up, and yeah, you did have, like one of the things I chose, which was Paris, and I remember that um the album The Devil Made Me Do It. My friend Ashley, who I was at school with, he got that. Oh, I don't know anything about this. Really? Yeah. Okay, so there was that, but then there was also like, um. MC Hammer in the mm-hmm. same year. Yeah. So you can't go old hip hop was better because at the same time, are you going, are you talking about Paris, which is like super militant, Black Panther inspired, mm-hmm. you know, militant hip hop. So MC or, Hammer comes out that year or as guys, well. Yeah, or guys in, in parachute pants. Three Feet High and Rising would have come out that year as well. Yeah. Uh, good year for hip hop, man. Yeah, for sure. And... And what were Public Enemy doing then as well? They must have been dropping yep. the right stuff at the right time then. But that's just it. That says it all. Like, even if you take it, like, not as far as the extremes that I just said, like you've said, like, three feet, three feet high and rising or, like, Fear of a Black Planet. Yeah. You know? They're, 
they're the same world and yet you know they're kind of poles yeah. apart um but yeah it was i just think back to that record and it was um like all the songs are like panther power and there's a track called scarface groove which is like really deep um kind of gangstery hip-hop yeah well before i guess well before gangster rap that would have probably maybe been me. maybe a I year, think, two years before yeah, I guess, NWA. I it, yeah, I think it was like, maybe, I don't even know actually. Mm. Maybe 90, well, I don't know. Mm. Anyway, I told you I'm terrible with dates. It would probably help if I'd have written all this down. But, um, but I just think back to it now and I look at how ridiculous it was in hindsight that there was like a bunch of like, nerdy little white kids in a tiny village yeah. listening to records by dudes that are super angry about rising up and, and overthrowing the US government yeah. but using <laughs> you know like the methods of the Black Panther Party yeah. and the politics of them and it just seems so weird to look back on now but that record was hard yeah but surely you know that can be equated to maybe being a bit angry and frustrated with, you know, what's at your disposal in in the small town that you're in and wanting yeah, more for and for you sure. Know. But I would never make that comparison because people would be like, "Wow, that's <laughs> white privilege looking right now." You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's um, yeah. It would be awful. Uh yeah. I just it just seems like a funny thing to look back on. And then another thing that I put as an honourable mention, was Little Fluffy Clouds by The Orb, yep. which was at another period in school, but that was in the period where me and a big group of mates all discovered um, drugs properly yeah. for the first time. The Orb was great for that, right? Oh, mate. I mean, yeah, like, as soon as you discover hallucinogenics and somebody goes, have you listened to this? Yeah. And... and <laughs> I think when they released... I think one of the, one of the, uh, the, 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 the sort of first big single for them was The Blue Room... And I think that, that, I mean, the single was about 33 minutes, I think. Yeah. Like, you know. I, don't, I don't even know an awful lot about them. I just remember mm. that one song in particular soundtracking a morning of having spent all night in like a sand quarry where we yeah. lived, or everyone camping, doing acid for the first time yeah. and like discovering all those things you do when you first do acid yeah. and, it, and it literally rips your mind apart. It's and a crazy puts it record. back together in a different way. And walking into some woods with my mate had like a boombox with that playing. And yeah. we walked into these woods and there was a like um like a sort of a hippie traveller camp that had been raided by the police then like it must have been the night that we the night before because we got there in the aftermath of it, walked in early morning, sun had come up, tripping balls, that playing on a stereo, and there was all these like vans and stuff with all the shit that had just been pulled out where it had been turned over by the police and um yeah it was quite a moment <laughs> Jesus <laughs> yeah mate turn the orb off <laughs> don't know what's going on right now it was good it was, um, it was perfect <laughs> yeah if, if you've never heard uh, Little Fluffy Clouds by the orb go and give it a listen because it's um it's a great record as well I think it's I think it's the um Ricky Lee Jones that sings that yeah hmm and, uh, I don't know anything about it other than like it seemed to be the perfect soundtrack for a very perfect moment at that definitely, point in time. Definitely, definitely. And I will always, every time, if I ever hear that again, that's that's me in the woods walking into that thing going, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Do you enjoy school? 
Yeah, yeah, I did. I think it was a weird one because all I cared about really was all I wanted to do was either be in a band or draw album covers and neither of those things were, it was made very clear neither of those things were career options right so that's interesting because that's, that's a question I generally like to ask guests as mm. well so creativity wasn't encouraged at school for you I mean it was like my art teacher was, was awesome and, mm. and she, she put me in for um, like like national competitions and stuff, and I did all right. So I should say at this point, you know, aside from what you do as, as a DJ, you're an artist as well, right? Yeah, I paint a bit. And um, so yeah, that was really good, you know. But I think that's the thing with with any teacher, they're literally having to deal with, especially back then, I think, but probably nah, probably now as well. Just little kids that are just shit bags. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah. I keep saying, do you know what I mean? A lot. I can't help it. I just noticed it myself. That's annoying, isn't it? So, uh, I think that is like such a hard job because the kids, half of them, if they're, if they're in their lessons and they've got no interest in it, that there's always going to be a couple that are just going to go out of their way to be disruptive and, and yeah. it just must be soul destroying. And yet when you then find the kids that are super into what, whichever particular class it is you take be it maths, physics, chemistry, geography, history, or art, or music, or PE, or RE, mm. whatever lessons are there. We can list them all. Them all now. <laughs> <laughs> Sociology. Let's go through the list. Um, home ec. Uh, you know, you're going to be stoked, <laughs> aren't on, you? And you're going to want to nurture it, yeah. I think. So I guess, you know, was your school like encouraging of creativity i guess if if you were an arty kid then your art teacher's always yeah. going to try and support you same as my music teacher mr osman hated all the like i did gcse music um even though i was a bit crap but i was just obsessed with music so i wanted to just do it as an option was you playing at that point mm, not really right I, kind of i mean just as because it was part of the curriculum and mm. i was kind of trying to learn to play bass mm. but not really um and they do things like bring in a record of some music you like. Yeah. And we'll, we'll discuss it. And I remember taking in the legacy by Testament <laughs> and playing over the wall and my teacher just being like, <laughs> like that's, <laughs> that's enough of that. But, but at the same time, he was, he was stoked that, that all of a sudden we were asking, can we go in the music room at lunchtime? At a first. Yeah. Even though it was not what he wanted us to be listening to, yeah, he was just stoked that it was it was obviously ringing true with with a small yeah. group of us. So that was cool. But yeah, I remember, you know, when you have the careers day or whatever it is, where um where they'd be like, okay, we've done your options, and now what are you thinking about for a career? Yeah, and I went, oh, yeah, I just want to play in a band, draw album covers. Yeah, not a chance. What like they're not real things yeah so they never felt like attainable things so the the realistic thing was for me was like well i love music and i'm obsessed with it but i'm not a very good player like i had mates that we played in school bands with yeah. that were just shredders that were incredible musicians and they could you know read tab really well at, from a super young age and they were writing stuff but i was never that guy yeah so I thought that art was probably a more, you know, people need graphic design, yeah, yeah. people need illustration. Maybe I can 
make a living doing that. Um, so that's, that's what I then went away and studied. So from there I went to college, got kicked out of college in Farnborough because I met my missus then super early and uh, she was on a different course. So I started bunking my lessons so I could hang out with her mm -hmm. and they kicked me out. Uh, even though she still to this day says that's not the reason. But, uh, but they then moved me over to another course in Basingstoke, uh, which was a bit more suited because I wanted to do illustration mm -hmm. rather than straight up like typography and, yeah. and stuff like that. Like, so I'd sit there and look at a peak of type scale measure and go, oh, this isn't very good. This yeah. doesn't look like something I'd see on the front cover of 2000 AD or whatever. Yeah. So ironically which is obviously wrong because there were people doing that for those magazines as well but that wasn't what was moving me so so I moved over to this other course that was more kind of illustration and drawing based and then and then I went to St Martin's and did a degree there in uh, like illustration mm -hmm. but then the way all in this point I was still playing in bands so that's kind of how I ended up like in Essex because I'd started playing in uh I was playing in a band with some mates where I was from and because we were part of like a hardcore scene that like South End had a really good hardcore scene. Oh, so you're talking about Understand. Yeah, Understand and, yeah. and Above All and yeah. Tired of Lies and all those bands. Um, we we do shows with and, and then I ended up joining Above All, which was like a, a straight edge metal hardcore band from yeah. South End that was signed yeah. to Roadrunner. That was um, my, my, my first time where I understood what straight edge was. <laughs> I didn't know. Yeah. I'd heard it mentioned loads, and then, like, yeah, above all, was straight edge. And I remember speaking to one of them going, what's, what's that mean? And like, I was like, oh, right, fucking hell. That sounds well boring. Yeah. <laughs> what do you do to have fun? <laughs> See, I, I got my hallucinogenic phase out of the way by this point. So I'm like, yeah, I'm good. That was a, that's a weird period of time where, every, where, like, a bunch of my mates all kind of became straight edge. And then... Like the the weird next step from that was then because there was like a load of bands in the hardcore scene like 108 and Shelter and uh, and other bands that were just um like were all part of Krishna consciousness and like right. Harry Krishna's yeah and all of a sudden like loads of people would be turning up at hardcore shows and whereas before everyone had shaved heads they would like have shaved heads with a little rat tail, little rat tail and yeah. and like a bunch of beads and and uh. And then, like, you know, we'd go and start eating at Govinda's and stuff and going, oh, if you go in and chant for the afternoon with them, then you get your food for free. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And then, then you'd, all of a sudden you're like, oh, no, I've been indoctrinated. I'm part of a cult. <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? That, that was a big scene, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Shelter got massive yeah. for, a, for a while. And, um, yeah. But, um, so... I, I was playing in, in bands that were, or playing with bands in Essex. And that was at a point when I was still um, doing, like, I think I was just about finishing up my degree. And, uh, and then the first, and then above all broke up. And then the first band I, and I finished my degree. And the first band I went to see about doing artwork for, my mate was like, oh, who, who was a manager? He was like, you should speak to this band called A. Um, they've just finished recording their first album and they need an album cover. So I went along and met them. And like, you know, Jason, obviously, mm -hmm. so you know what he's like. And you know what I'm like. We just sit there and we just, 
Jane's Addiction, Jane's Addiction, Jane's yeah. Addiction, Faith yeah. No More, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Do you know? Did you get involved in the Rush conversations, though? Uh, no. I always, do you know what? <laughs> I hated Rush because of those... Because of the brothers in the band. Not because Rush weren't any good. Rush were amazing. But it would, they rinsed it so hard and kept telling me how great Rush was. And Geddy Lee was the greatest songwriter on the planet. And Neil Peart was the greatest... And yeah, fine. You, you, can't, yeah. you can't dispute those things. But when you've got three super excitable guys that are like the human equivalent of Labrador puppies <laughs> just running in and going, Rush, 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 Rush. I, c- I couldn't deal with it. So I, it became like a, my thing. It was like, I'm not going to enjoy that band. <laughs> and, I'd, and then I'd, and, but then I remember going to see them with them and being a bit baked and being like, this is amazing. Yeah. And, and then it still got spoiled because all three of the brothers were like air drumming just in front of me. <laughs> so all I could see was like flailing arms. Oh, amazing. I was like, screw this. Brilliant. Um, yeah, so I, I met them to do their artwork and didn't get to do the, their album cover, but they kicked their bass player out or he was leaving and got a push mm. and then they asked me to join and that was that. Right. Mm. Okay. Well, that feels like a good opportunity to... Uh, eat satsuma. To, uh, for you to eat a satsuma and <laughs> me to change the batteries in the... Uh, we run it down already. ...the recorder. And uh, God, uh, do you know what? Like, I've never done a two-parter other than when Jason come round, and now it's you as well. There must have been some serious chats in that band. <laughs> yeah. We all like to talk. It's because we were the least rock and roll band ever. All we do is sit around, watch Alan Partridge and talk bollocks for hours. There's nothing wrong with that, mate. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. All right, Dan, we'll, 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 we'll change the batteries and we'll do part two in a minute. All right. Cheers, mate. There you go. I said it was a bit of a long one. We got chatting, we got into it. So it's, it's become a two-parter. So I won't bore you for too long now because I want you to just quickly go and get part two because it's sitting there waiting for you. So glad you enjoyed that. Please head over, subscribe, follow, like, share, tweet and all of that malarkey. But like I say, I'm zipping it now. Go and listen to part two. I'll see you at the end of that. Bye-bye. It's off the beat and track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whipping. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.